Hello and welcome back to another episode of Wealthy Expat. This week I've got Chris Booth from Lydian Finance on the show with me. How are you, Chris? Yeah, very well. Thanks, Chris. It's the Chris and Chris show. So uh, exactly. this is nice and easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> How are things going in Australia at the moment? How are you uh, finding the lockdown? Oh, look, you know, we're, I'm in Sydney with a few older kids, so we're, we're toughing yeah. it out. But um, the great thing about it is still can exercise on the harbour for a sale. So, um, you know, that, that kind of gets me by for the next week. Yeah, so I'm complaining yeah, all, about that. All, all good, mate. We're doing our best, you know. That's good. That's good. Have you got any sailing trips planned? Actually, are you allowed to, to leave New South Wales on the waters at least? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I can go for a circle around the harbour and that's about as far as I get. Okay. So, uh, yeah, but that's that's plenty right now. It's, it's too cold to go any further. Yeah, exactly. It is at the moment. You'll, uh, yes, you'll have to have some uh, big trips in store following the, the lockdowns and, and get out and, and exploring. Plenty, plenty. Yep. Is there anything planned for the sailing front of things? Have you got any trips? Well, you know, funnily enough, I was supposed to be going with a friend this week, um, sailing from the Gold Coast to Whitsundays. But um, nice. yeah, that was, we had to park that plan. But we'll go. So I work on a on a party boat around the harbour too. And um, oh, awesome. yeah, I, I drive a little boat around the harbour and help people get drunk and then get them off the boat <laughs> and assume no responsibility. So that's, um, yeah, it's fun. But um, yeah, we were going to take that boat up to um the Whitsundays right now but uh, you know with nice. the lockdown and things we can't do it so we'll park it Fair for enough. next year but uh yeah so uh, I, I have to put my speedos away for a little while longer <laughs> oh well at least you got the luxury of doing it it's uh what the the coming up to the end of summer over in the UK and it has been freezing the last week or so you have these glimmers of uh the sun coming through and some nice warm days and then come yeah when the sun goes down the wind picks up and it gets absolutely freezing so you well, you've yeah. got the luxury of having a quick trip to the med for a, you know, a autumn break. So, yeah, hopefully that's, you can do that. That's true. Soon. You need to get away. Um, I thought to start off with, we discuss Lydian Financial Services in a bit more detail in a sense. You can give us a bit of a rundown on how you guys work and where you start or how you started your journey, um, how you got into the, the financial services game. Um, and just give us a bit of an understanding of your journey so far, really, with uh, the financial world. If you have yeah, so, I mean, look, I've, I've been mortgage broking for 12 years, banking for 20 years, in banking um, in dif different roles for 26 years. So, you know, being 50 this year, if I, you know, you get a bit of experience through that that tenure. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, am I getting better? I don't know, but certainly getting a little bit more, a bit wiser. From the mistakes yeah. I've made in the past and um, and things like that. So the um, you know the the juncture we're at right now, we you know a, a friend of mine and myself we decided um, to start up our own uh, mortgage brokerage business this time last year. Yeah. And um, you know Lydian Lydian is her, so she's our little baby. Okay. And and really the, the the goal for us is is Lydian's all about you know getting a, a good team of of professionals being our mortgage broker team. Um, we support those guys with a, a strong community. So, you know, so we've, we've got a space where we can share deals, uh, scenarios and, and troubleshoot um, applications. Second to that, uh, we've got a, a very strong administration back office where we help um, our clients and also our mortgage brokers process that heavy burden of paperwork as well. And um, and then then lastly, um, you know, we work with you know ex extremely good partners like yourself. So businesses like Wealthy who who are dealing with clients and and part of that um, client service proposition is that they need finance, um, and we deal with like financial planners, accountants, 
lawyers and those type of partnerships and really plug in our mortgage broking on lending services to those businesses, which is um, which which is fantastic. And we've had a lot of support since we started last year. The team yep. has grown. It was my Jerry Maguire moment. You know who's with me? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I've been very Raise fortunate to be. <laughs> yeah, but I've been very fortunate to um, you know to to um, you know, meet some really good mortgage brokers who've decided yep. that Lydian is is a good fit for us. Uh, together yeah. and um and and yeah we're in partnership now with i think it's like it was, we've got 11 mortgage brokers within the team today and, oh. and we're slowly recruiting um you know mortgage brokers each month to build that you know that big pool of uh, community but um yeah that that's that's, that's no, interesting um how have you found things throughout the the kind of last 12 months or 18 months almost i can imagine things have been quite busy but have you seen like firsthand the the peaks and, and shifts in the market really in terms of uh attract or interest in in acquiring finance and and speaking to you has there been a, a real shift in that yeah so we've 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 been i mean everyone's busy right i think we have a lot of conversations about doing things and um yeah. you know getting clients comfortable to actually transact is always you know that's always the the next hurdle but um certainly with interest rates as, as low as they are um, and you know, I, I never saw, thought we'd ever see an interest rate below two percent in all of my years, and um, that's pretty crazy. But um, you know, we, we're at that situation right now where where the new norm is a client getting comfortable with a two and a half percent interest rate, which is that conversation itself is quite difficult when you're dealing with young people and um, and that they've they've only ever experienced these low interest rates. We haven't to sort of condition them to prepare for interest rates, you know, higher rates like six percent, which is more the norm. So yeah. so that that's been quite interesting. Um, okay. You know, market wise, uh, the banks are definitely open for business. I think that's important to say. But the, the the good thing about that is is a lot of the credit policies with each of the different lenders uh, are, are quite different now. So you know, it really is a time to to actually have that professional advice and that professional broker support to know um, which lender is the most appropriate for yourself. You know, whatever yeah, your financial situation looks like. So you know, the the the, the push for um, engaging a, a professional being a mortgage broker, I, I think has never been greater. I think the, the market um, itself, the mortgage broking market now accounts for sort of 60, over 60% of the industry wow. um, of deal settled, which is huge, which is a, yeah. a you know big change from when I started 12 years ago. So that's been interesting. Definitely. And then lastly, I think the, you know, the coronavirus, as much as it's been, uh, had an impact in our, um, you know, uh, our, our lives, some of the positive impacts, if I can say that, have been yeah. that we've all had to sort of adapt and, and get equipped with new technology to um, support the, the client experience. And what I mean by that is the you know the, the the lenders now are allowing us to use DocuSign. They're allowing us to get um, digital uh, loan documents uh, completed. Um, they're happy for us to use you know Bankstatements.com to collect the, the data clients are happy to to work within um, our client portal so we've got a, a tech piece of technology where we can have zoom conferences internally of our our software we're able to upload documents to our client portal so the embrace of you know the, the digital um process has is, is been great and, and and lastly you know clients are more comfortable dealing like we are today on a zoom meeting um the days of me having to drive around sydney to have a, a conversation about mortgages over the kitchen bench 
yeah. have gone. So that means I can get back home quite quick, have a beer and go for a, a walk with the dog. So um, yeah, you know, those, those, those are positive <laughs> things out of it, which is, which is very nice. Exactly. But um, yeah, yeah, so all of, all of those things. And then lastly, um, clients looking to find you know, property. I think mm-hmm. last year there was the volumes of investment you know, that investor appetite really wasn't there. But yep. um, in the last sort of six months, we've started to see clients who really want to work hard to figure out, you know, what equity have they got available in their properties because their home residence has appreciated or their other investment assets have appreciated in line with, you know, Sydney, Melbourne in particular, uh, the yep. prices of those properties increasing. And then, you know, what is my servicing ability based around that new equity position? So we're doing a lot of work trying to prepare clients to, to look at uh, future investment acquisitions where, wherever that might be. Okay, that's interesting. It's uh, it's interesting to, as well to think that a lot of the those positive things that you've touched on before, but it almost feels like the, the pandemic sped up the process for the way in which we work now. It, this was always kind of coming and it was always on the cards, you know, the working from home, doing the Zoom, doing the, the Google Meets, whatever it may be. But this has almost just sped that process up to, to make you, or to give you that better balance between work and and life so it's uh yeah, yeah. it's interesting to see how well, it's, uh... well behind behind the li- the lion here is um kelly my wife's laundry so um that's what you spend half your day doing just doing the washing <laughs> yeah that's it yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the real story of lydian um <laughs> um I guess the next thing that I thought we'd touch on, and um, and this is going to be quite a broad topic, I'm sure, but I thought it'd be good for listeners, in particular expats in the UK um, and expats around the world, really. But what sort of process you'd be looking at if you were going to go, th- if you're looking to acquire finance uh, to buy an Australian property or Australian real estate, um, but the process you'd have to go through if someone was going to be dealing with yourself uh, at Lydian, for example, um, and how that would work in the structure that was kind of step by step to, to the process of, of acquiring the finance. Yeah. Okay. So, well, I think the, the first thing to say is, is whether you live in Australia or you live overseas, I think the, the process is, is fairly similar. So, you know, as um, the, the, the most important stage of, of us being engaged is be open to discuss where you are financially okay and, and what that means for for me is is finding out about you know where you work what income you you earn um how your income is paid and um, so those conversation pieces around you know bonuses commission or whether you're self-employed um obviously where you live you know that's important too so whether if you're in the uk well that's that's different to whether you're in um you know a, a different a different country because we want to understand what the taxation system is in those countries. But, you know, first and foremost, we start talking about, you know, who you are, what you do for a living, how you earn your money. Okay. And then secondly, we then take that conversation to the next level about, you know, what assets in your world do you own? And and we're obviously talking property being a primary asset there, but we're interested then to kind of reach further afield and understand about, you know, whether you've got shares, whether you've got ownership in companies, whether you've got any other assets um, in your world, which potentially are deriving income as well. But also, um, and where those assets are located, because if the if if you've left Australia and gone to live in the UK, but you've left a, a home or a property here in Australia, we can use those assets to to potentially gear again against for uh, future you know f- future finance. So that conversation piece, are really about finding out about that person, um, is 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 important, and that's important 
talking about their finances. And then okay. secondly, uh, I think, um, you know, we, we want to find out about the, the person, about their goals, their objectives. Also, we want to find out what their education, you know, where do they sit in the education and knowledge around the finance and property market? Because, um, you know, if we've got someone who's very comfortable in talking property, understands the finance game, well, then we're not going to be spending as much time in trying to get them up to that sort of level. But if we've got people who've never borrowed or, or are unsure about that borrowing and, and it's not their sort of specialized sort of field, well, then we do a lot of handholding and talking about, uh, the industry in Australia, you know, the interest rates in Australia, the types yeah. of property to purchase and, and a bit more of a coaching role um, in that conversation. Okay. And then lastly, once we've got all of that information, um, you know, through that conversation, well, then uh, we need to start kind of plugging in supporting documents to uh, fill in our completed fact find because um, our obligations as mortgage brokers are number one we've got to find out about the clients but then number two we've actually got to get those tangible pieces of, of evidence as it were uh, yep. to support the application as well so then it's all about trying to collect that information whether it be pay slips tax returns rates notices rent statements bank statements to evidence savings uh, yep. superannuation statements all of that kind of stuff so that goes all into the melting pot um and that's before we've given any advice <laughs> yeah <laughs> let me get into that um and what would be yeah. the process now with the with documents for example would it be as simple as you know just thinking basically now but attaching it to an email and sending it across or does it have to be through secure docusigns for example or is it quite a quite a simple process yeah so uh, i mean the, the firstly we use a client portal um okay. and that's and, and it's not it's not um you know, we, we don't, every client doesn't have to use the client portal, but we, we find it's very, very useful because a client can log in to the client portal from wherever they are in the world. And then they can upload those documents into our, like our work hub. And it means that the security and the privacy obligations around that software are kept um, you know, pretty strong. Yeah. Um, however, having said that though, um, we are happy to take, you know, uh, PDF documents and an email to us. And then yep. we will actually put that into our CRM system um, to make it secure as well. So, you know, we, okay. we do have a, a, a good work hub to do that. Um, I'm reluctant to say, uh, you know, I want to turn away business, but if anyone comes to me and says, look, I'm going to mail you something in the post, um, I'll just print it off and I'll send it to you from UK. That's probably not the kind of person yeah. I want to be working exactly with. That. That, that's a bit of a headache. Um, yeah, but yeah, definitely. so, you know, so, so firstly, you know, that digital space is, is important. And then second to that, you know, getting documents signed and things, we do use um, DocuSign and the lenders are allowing us to use that these days. Okay. The complications, I suppose, a little bit arise around uh, that verification of identity. So when a person is based overseas, because I can't physically see them face to face, we do have to work around that, um, you know, that that verification of identity but you know so long as we can get sort of certified identity being passport potentially a driver's license potentially some australian um documentation for to, to verify their citizenship um, or residency then um, you know that definitely helps us as well okay no that's it's good to know some uh, interesting points i guess another one that i was going to ask and this is in my case for example so i'm an australian resident uh, and I currently only hold a British passport and a British driver's license, but I do have an expired Australian passport. 
would you know is that going to cause any if someone was in similar position to to that is that going to cause any dramas along the line or would it all come down to that residency certificate um that's going to clear the way i mean the preference there obviously is get your passport (laughs) upgraded i think that's important yeah so we've got a current document located in you know, to, to note citizenship but um you know further afield to that i mean if you've got your citizenship certificate well that's yeah. that's that's good um birth certificates to verify that you were born in australia that also okay. verifies that as well but um i mean there are ways to work around it but if you haven't sure. got a primary document then it makes it a little bit more complicated yeah okay that's uh no handy to know very handy to know and um when to, when thinking about so in this process and and i'm just trying to think of ways to make it as easy as possible but what are some things that people might be able to, to do to speed up the process to make it as simple as possible? I know you touched on a few bits and pieces with DocuSigns and, and, and whatnot, but what would, you know, someone preparing to acquire property overseas and they wanted to make the process as simple as easy as possible uh, to make it as quick and efficient as a, to have a good turnaround essentially, but what are some things that might help with that process? Yeah, well, I think firstly, having a good deal, a deal team together. So, you know, working with a person like yourself, who's going to be out there sourcing the property. But uh, I know, you know, the wealthy team have also got their partnerships with um, lawyers who can help with the conveyancing process, um, having mortgage brokers who can support with the finance process. Um, you know, and, and I think um, having a bit of a deal team based in Australia is quite important because that makes sure. the you know the, the the process a little bit easier and the other thing um to you know i would encourage people to do is is maintain a, a strong credit health um position so you know if you're away for a few years don't neglect the things that you need to do in australia so if you do have uh, have to lodge tax return over here if you do have to maintain um you know some documentation and things in australia make maintain it and keep it up to date and don't let those things drift because that can have an impact over here um and the other thing in australia as well i would i would certainly for people who've left to go overseas um sometimes it can be quite awkward moving uh, away and you forget to sort of close off utility bills and and redirect mail and things like that so you know having a little bit of hygiene around closing things off which aren't necessary anymore is important because in this market um having a clean credit report even though it may be dated because you've been overseas is very important and a lot of information is held on these credit reports these days so i would certainly recommend um, have a ha, get an up-to-date credit report you know at least do it annually and just make yep. sure that your profile in australia is very clean um sure. and, and and then lastly you know working with a mortgage broker i think um having that initial consultation around you know what information to collect is is quite important and also um having that conversation around where the credit application sits is it easy yep tick the box yep. is it a little bit difficult because of these quirks well we'll, you know we have to do a bit more work or you know a a hard no is a good no you know for me then don't waste any more time but that no means well what do we need to do in the next 12 months to to make it um an easier deal or yes you know okay yeah to get ready for that the time to come essentially yeah Yeah, that's interesting and i guess that can uh move it on to to the next question around things to avoid and you did mention before about uh, not, you know, having loose ends on, on utility bills in Australia before you leave and making sure you still lodge your tax return. But are there any other key things that, you know, people should avoid when 
when they are seeking finance you know for example is is shopping around and going to every lender uh a bad idea or you know you, you've uh, I yeah. don't want to take business well, away from you but <laughs> you know it's like when you get your well, credit scores and stuff they say don't do too many because it, it could some of them could leave a bit definitely. of a, a mark you know well i think just i think it, even though you are based overseas okay the banks will require um some bank statements from you to evidence living expenses and evidence savings and things like that and when those bank statements are received by the lender they're still the lender's still going to go through them and and look at the conduct of those accounts and also look at the expenses going through those accounts because just like we we do in australia here we check you know how we spend our money so uh, i think having a bit of hygiene on those statements is always important so uh things like uber eats too many uber eats i don't know whether that's is it uber eats in london <laughs> is it? my box yeah it is uber eats yep. so eats yeah, yeah so kind of avoid those um okay. Yeah, and, 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 and so we, we look a little bit more granularly at those expenses. I think one thing I forgot to mention before in sort of in, in getting prepared to do this, yeah. um, you know, one of my top tips would, would actually get a power of attorney uh, with a friend or a family member in Australia um, to support that uh, signing process, even if it's just to sign some of the documents under that power sure. of attorney here. Having a registered and current power of attorney is, is very good because what that avoids is then having to get um, the documents to you in the UK, get them signed in the UK. Yeah. And typically because the person lives overseas, they generally have to be wet ink and then maybe mail back. And we want to avoid all that conflict. So if we can do it sure. locally and do it with a solicitor here, that makes it a bit easier as well at the end of that process. Yeah. Um, Okay, other point. things to avoid um you know chopping and changing jobs a lot i think that's always a that's a big one um and and again the credit appetite for borrowers who earn income in a more self-employed manner so i'm talking like short-term contractors or you know sole traders what we'd call it in, Aust in australia yeah. or also or alternatively people employed through companies that type of applicant, it makes it a lot more complicated. And generally, the flexibility with the credit contract, so the credit and the lenders, is is less as well. So right. you know, if you can, the, the you know the 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 easiest way to get the best outcome from a lender is be a salaried employee um, of a you know reputable company. Um, sure, it's important too. Okay, now that's some good points. Something to definitely note when looking into the process for. A lot of the listeners. Lastly, thing that I like to close on with all of my podcasts, and I think Dom did quiz you a little bit about it on the, the last one. But in terms of, and this is no, there's no right or wrong answer as well. Um, but what does a wealthy life mean to you? <laughs> so I think I danced in the last session, so I don't know whether that's did. appropriate anymore. <laughs> I think yeah. <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, a wealthy life <laughs> yeah yeah I, look so you know I, I try to explain to Dom and he knows I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a my, my life is full of good things you know I like to sail I like to go hiking yeah. I like to hang out with mates I enjoy a beer so you know for me the quality of life is, is all about you know experiences and living you know doing things which you enjoy but also um, I like to I like to read, I like to learn things so I can do them myself. So for example, talking about the party boat, um, yeah. it's probably not appropriate, but um, <laughs> to, to actually be the skip, to be the skipper of that party boat, I've got to do a course, which is a coxswains course. 
Um, okay. It's completely left field to my day-to-day job. Um, yeah. But I've I've recently signed up to go back to school to TAFE to do yeah. my Coxwain's course. So you know that that That'd for me is great. And I'm learning how to fix engines, which I'm useless at. I'm learning how to um, rescue people if they fall overboard, which I'm actually very good at. I've had I've had some live <laughs> examples of very drunk people, drunk English people um, falling into Sydney Harbour and rescuing. No surprise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the the Essex people are the worst. Um, yeah. yeah. So you know, having a <laughs> so having a um, I think you know for me, wealth is is all about experiences in life. Having said that, though, you know, Lydian one day will will hopefully make me a few quid, and I'll I'll buy that nice uh, yacht and uh, take it to the Mediterranean, yeah. and um, you and I That's can big. have a few cold oh, um, was... San Miguel's in you know, off be, the coast uh... of Spain or something. You know, <laughs> exactly. I'd uh, take that any day. I'll be jumping <laughs> on that boat with or without an invitation. <laughs> but just remember, just remember, Chris. I, I've got three expensive children, an expensive <laughs> wife. Um, I live in the eastern suburbs in Sydney, so I live like a millionaire, but I'm broke. Yeah. And and um, yeah, my 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 dog when he it uh, chips his nail or breaks a tooth, he's expensive too. So uh, oh yeah, yeah. There's there's not a lot left left of me, you know. <laughs> Let's hope one day you do get that boat. I won't be holding back. I'll be the first one on it. What about you? Be, what yeah. about yourself? Tell me about what's. It- yeah, welcome off to me. I was, uh, I was asked by Sam. T- tell me about yourself, go on. Yeah, so wealthy to me, it's uh, it's an interesting one. And Sam asked me about it a couple of weeks ago. And the way that I define it is having enough to live within the means of what I want to do. So not being restricted on what I want to do. I don't, you know, I'm not too fussed about having the, the bougie, fancy car or the Ferrari or the, the mega mansion or whatever, but having access to money that allows me to do things that I the way I want to live my life and and travel travel is a big thing to me and it's a big reason as what to why I came back to the UK but being able to enjoy the the luxuries of life um and just enjoy myself in a sense is is really where it comes down to what it comes down to for me and there's also a part of me uh, and it's been there for a long time and I'm a bit of a, a mummy boy you could say but I've always had this goal to buy that house, that retirement house for my mum as well down the line so that's something that I really want to tick off the list uh, before I focus on on myself and you know, she's had her ups and downs but now it's something she's always been there for me and now it's something that I want to give back to her so one day I'd like to do that um, but yeah I think more so for me it's being able to enjoy the the nice things in life do what you want to do I guess similar to you being able to do your boating and the sailing and and now your your skipper course and the works but being able to yeah enjoy go on a you know not be stressed for money if I go on a, a week holiday to Greece for example and, and get back and it's all okay and just enjoy those sort of things and have that passive income ticking over from an investment point yeah. of view um to me so that's and a, and a fortnightly and a fortnightly ticket to Chelsea yeah <laughs> exactly you've got a sitting here somewhere there's a Chelsea membership sitting somewhere um but yeah it gets to the Chelsea games that's that's what it, one day, maybe we'll uh, have enough to get a box there, split with some mates, and we'll, we'll go and rent a box out for a season. That'd be pretty unreal. But um, yeah, that's that's well, really what it means. My my brother, I'll have to, I'll have to introduce you to him. Yeah, is he a Chelsea fan? I'll have to introduce you to my brother. Well, no, he's an Everton fan, but he works for a company in the Isle of Man, which has got a box at Chelsea. Oh. So there you go. There, yeah, you definitely have to get me introduced there. I'll, I'll tell next time he's in London, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Here we got Man City coming up in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Too easy. Perfect. Well, Chris, it's been great to <laughs> be great to have you on the show, Chris. Uh, really appreciated hearing your your input and, and uh, I guess your opinion on on the finance side of things and 
give a bit of guidance to some of our listeners looking to start their journey whilst being in the UK uh, and buy some Australian property. So thank you very much for jumping on today. Thank you very much, Chris. Yeah, it's been great to talk to you, mate. You have a great night. I will. Thank you, everyone who has been had tuned in today. Uh, really appreciate you guys listening. And if you've got any questions, please feel free to reach out to myself or Chris Booth and more than happy to help where we can. And don't forget to like, comment and subscribe on the podcast and we'll see you guys again soon. Thank you.